Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. Welcome to Tech Uncorked. And this time we're delighted to be joined by Nick Bateman. He's the chairman of GrowPura. Now, you may not have heard of GrowPura, but they are changing the face of our future food supply. Nick, welcome. Yes, welcome, Nick. Nice to have you here. Thank you for inviting me to talk. Now, I heard that you have your finger firmly on the pulse of sustainable agriculture and agri-tech innovation. So can you tell us, please, about the Grow Pura story? How did it all begin? And what is Grow Pura? So the journey for me started back in 2011 when I came across a company producing um, product hydroponically. I was asked to help the company and I looked at their technology and I looked at the changes in the world with a growing population and a decreasing amount of land available. And I decided this was a sector that one Mm. should get involved in. So that was the start of the journey. And um, the first thing we did was to set up a company. And uh, in those days, we called it H2 Organics because the H2O for water Ah. and the the organics bit, uh, you can't describe hydroponic products in the UK as organic, although you can do that in many other parts of the world. Um, The great thing being by growing things hydroponically, you can actually avoid the use of pesticide and herbicides. But surely that's organic. Um, Organic is about using soil. There are lots of great things about uh, getting back to nature. Nature has a number of things that is now working against both the animal species and the human species, being the changing... Mm. The climate, yes, different kinds of pests coming along. If you have a clean, controlled environment, then you can uh, avoid totally the use of uh, pesticides and herbicides. Whereas in the traditional agricultural world, it doesn't work like that. No, you have good parts of a field and bad parts of a field. And um, with the sunflower crisis because of the Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. People move sunflower growth to Spain. Unfortunately, the weather in Spain became hotter and the sunflowers perished, and that given a problem to the availability of uh, sunflower seeds. Yeah. So, so hydroponics, it really allows you to control the environment, doesn't it, Nick? So much better. Yeah, I think that's perfect, though. If you can actually control your, I mean, the the variability of of the land while whilst it's wonderful and and wholesome but it, it is plagued with all sorts of creatures and whatnot and it can cause all sorts of problems to your to your produce but to have it to have a controlled environment with hydroponics surely that's the best thing well you actually call it um a clean room environment can you tell tell us more about that nick by controlling the environment by keeping it clean we can have less wasted product and in our case, one of the biggest things is when you buy when you buy uh, fresh salads. If you're buying ready-to-eat fresh salads, they will have been washed before use. That washing process does actually reduce the shelf life of the product. So if you're growing things in a clean, controlled environment, 
then there is nothing to contaminate the product. And so you are able to sell the product as fresh, ready to eat, and you're not damaging the product by going through a relatively aggressive um, washing and drying mm. process. So I never knew that, that. No, that's amazing. I didn't know I that. Didn't and I'm sure that. a lot of our listeners didn't know that washing. Because we're always encouraged to, yeah, we're always encouraged yeah, to wash. Yeah, but that's because of the pesticides. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating, Nick. And tell me more about the conveyor system at Gropura. It's a sophisticated system, isn't it? It is. Well, <clears throat> Talking a little bit more about why we use a conveyor system, what we wanted to do was to provide the plants with the best possible uh, living environment for plants. Um, And so plants in the real world have developed by being open to wind, animals, all sorts of things, and they grow stronger. Mm. uh, And so we wanted to do the same thing. So by moving the, the, the plants around, on a conveyor system, we give them great uh, workout all the time, whereas other people, other systems might end up with couch potato sitting back and watching. <laughs> this is what we wanted to do. Once we had developed the conveyor system, we probably knew, but we, we did actually establish that you gain extra benefits. So in, in vertical farming, and, and if you can just imagine, you have a load of uh, levels in a building and you've got plants growing at each level, you're going to need some artificial light to enable you to give the plants the light they need. And so by using a moving system, you can reduce the number of lights that you use, which is significantly better for the environment than having to use a large number of them. Reducing the space needed to grow a, a, an amount of crops you reduce the amount of money to be spent on it costs yeah we're reducing the amount of energy used yeah the amount of building size and all this is designed to give the plants the perfect environment to, to grow in and to give us uh, as, as managers the control over the facility that we really want and wouldn't you like to do that in your own garden by making sure that your plants got the desired amount of, of, of rainfall, a uh, desired amount of nutrients, etc., so they, they 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 grew and gave you a great display of flowers. Oh, absolutely! Or whatever you, yeah. whatever you want. Well, the thing the thing is, Nick, I, you've probably been you may have been asked this many times before, but whilst the vertical farming. Uh, gives you that consistent environment. You can guarantee your produce is going to be the same quality, perhaps time after time. Are they going to taste the same? Are they going to be bland? I mean, I mean, what was that film? The the hundred hundred yard journey. Oh, the hundred foot journey. With Dame I Helen think. Mirren and that's it. Yeah, he was the chef, and he said yeah. he said he said that some of British food has no soul anymore. Um, Whereas the French food had soul because because of the land and its landscape and so on. And I, and I just fear, are we just going to have that kind of blandness with the food in, in this controlled environment? Well, it's, it's interesting you should say that, but I think that is um, probably, I'm going to say to you that you would find that hydroponic uh, crops will give you a higher flavour content than uh, traditional crops. And we've uh, run a number of uh, facilities and tested products out on people 
one of the reasons why we move product around is to is to make the plants grow more firmly because they have to be more robust and that gives the um, the plants are not fragile and so they're more akin to outdoor growth but because you're not going through a, an aggressive washing process and because you're giving the plants everything they need then you will find you're not actually inhibiting the flavor you're actually getting the flavor out and the journey of course is to work even harder at how you can use this new technology um, to develop more uh, species appropriate to hydroponics can you actually enhance flavors can you have uh, for or, example or modify flavors, modify I mean, we, flavors yeah, because exactly. we, we've heard of with, with the um with the water system and the filtration system, you can control the nutrients being fed to those plants. I mean, does that impact the flavor greatly? I'm not a flavor expert, but I will say all of those things are possible. In the future, that will be a great mm. opportunity to enhance flavor. But, you know, I mean, in terms of the fact that there are no pesticides... I think, I in think the that's produce a great that thing. you grow, it's amazing. I mean, we because uh, uh, because that's a huge problem. I mean, there's there's been deaths, haven't there, Nick, through that, the use that, of this? There are deaths in uh, have been deaths in America, in particular, in that uh, how the plants are grown and water quality. Mm. There've also been E. coli. So yeah, you have to be you have to be careful. We need dramatic change. We certainly do, even in the UK. Farmers are thinking very carefully about what crops they want to grow mm. because, yeah, they will occasionally have a bad, bad harvest. But now the risk of having a bad harvest is increasing. Yeah. And why, why would you want to spend a large part of the year preparing for your harvest and then get it damaged either because it's become too wet or it's become mm-hmm. too dry? And, and the um, can't remember the statistics. But the amount of um, water that has been sucked out, especially in the USA, is enormous. And people are forecasting that they need quite significant rain in the, in the, in the next quarter in the UK to make sure the water tables get up to where they need yeah. to be. Yeah. And you can't continue. <clears throat> the rate of change of impact is becoming faster than any of us ever thought. And, and uh, this is going to mean we all have to think differently about life. Yeah, I, I do yeah, think absolutely. that the I, I know that if everybody is not a particular fan of his. Uh, it's um, Jeremy Clarkson and uh, his program on the was it Diddley Squat? I think it was mm, Diddley farm. Squat Farm. Mm. And I really did think he did a great job in highlighting the difficulties that farmers have across the UK and how much money they actually don't make because of the, um, the problems associated with farming, harvesting, and so on. Mm. And taking that globally, I mean, we've got things like soil degradation yeah. around the globe. And, of course, hydroponics is a, is a fantastic way of, of solving that problem. It's a great step forward, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, is it an, and a completely controlled environment where you have the confidence to grow these crops, knowing that they're going to be of a consistent, consistent yeah. quality. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I know, Nick, that Gropira deploys an innovative hybrid lighting system. Um, can you tell us more about this? We can operate both with a combination of natural sunlight and artificial light, or we can use 100% artificial light. And 
what we as a company, what we're trying, what we're, we're developing the technology for use around the world, because uh, all the world needs needs different differing solutions. Everybody wants to be able to be self-sufficient in food, uh, and everybody wants to be able to choose to eat the same kind of food in every month of the year. Mm. And you can't do that. Um, you can't do that easily in most parts of the world. And so uh, we're, we're keen on working on progressing changes to how buildings are built for uh, growing purposes to make um, the process more efficient and sustainable. And um, the ideal would be to actually use wherever you are in the world, you know, a large portion of natural sunlight as well as uh, artificial light. And you have to use artificial light if you want to get product all year round. And of course, yeah, and of course, all year round production avoids imports during certain types of the times of the year, doesn't it? I mean, you. Well, just... Yeah, that was going to. I was going to go on to that because so with, with this technology, um, of course, in the UK, we we are. We expect to have the same product, irrespective of season, time after time. But then for those who have been in Belgium, Spain or France, for example, it's largely seasonal. And it, yeah, and the, it's, so we're, the system here is so reliant on imports. It is, yes. So food, miles is a, food miles is a big issue. But the fresher product, that's why, that's why uh, it's one of the reasons why growing your own vegetables in the back garden, pull them out of the earth mm. when you want them. And they all seem fresher. Well, they are fresh. I think everybody should be a Tom and Barbara. So it's like <laughs> the good life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners remember the good life. Goodness me. Um, so. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? It's this, you know, pick it straight to the plate, if you like. Or straight to the shelf, so people are getting the freshest possible mm-hmm. produce without yeah, the pesticides. Yeah, without the pesticides, without the without the third party contamination, that it goes mm-hmm. straight to the shelf, ready yeah, for perfect. consumption. Yeah, absolutely. Now the thing is now, okay. So listening, listening about your technology, the vertical farming and the hydroponics. For me, this this is agrotech on steroids. It's probably a Poor analogy, but agrotech, it really is. It does resound very much agrotech. What can, can you tell us, for, for our listeners at least, uh, what you understand agrotech can do, will do for the future? Well, agrotech is uh, about the use of more modern technologies in farming. So uh, it will it will need. Um, Farmers in traditional agriculture be more efficient through more knowledge, data about what is going on. Precision agriculture, where uh, you know exactly uh, what different parts of your land requires. So precision agriculture is that. I think in terms of um, hydroponics, uh, we will we will make people think differently about. Uh, how they live, because at the end of the day, we don't want to. We don't want the climate to get worse than it is, mm. and it will get worse over the next few years. And this is um, a really serious thing. So probably land is one issue, and it is a it's a big issue because of desertification and things like that, and 
and uh, destruction of the uh, soil, which um, mm. uh, particularly an issue in the USA. Uh, so water is becoming the other major issue. So mm. you can imagine that it would be a major issue in the Middle East and people having to desalinate water, etc. Yeah, and yeah. Ag- agriculture and food industry does in fact use a phenomenal amount of water. And when water starts becoming in more sc- in scarcer, yeah. it is at present. Yeah. And it, it was scarce in France. I mean, there were there were uh, water pipes in parts of France this year. Yep. Yep, there were. I think there were 20 towns in, in the USA which uh, ran out of water. We will we want smart cities where we can live the life we want in the environment we want and do the jobs that we want. To do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of... I think a lot of that, Nick, you know, is is also down to to educating the industry about the possibilities, and which leads me very nicely onto the fact that Gropura are a headline sponsor of the Fresh Produce Consortium's future event in March next year, and I'll give listeners all the details at the end of of this episode. Really, really interesting event. Yeah, it, it's so valuable, I think, because I think a lot of people are are, are so interested about agritech, so interested about new ways of growing, but they, they just don't understand it enough. And it, it, it is quite scary for a lot of people. So shows like FPC Future sort of lift the lid on the potential. There's a whole new generation out there that were born into a digital age that understand things like data science. And, and it, it's a natural progression for them to go into this kind of industry where they can really use these skills to the max. So, so a mix of talent and opportunity around there. Once you can start to share with people how you can make a change, then, um, uh, yeah, the world becomes a different place. There's going to be a really interesting change over the next 10 years. There really is. And, and Nick, companies like Gropura are really leading the way forward to this change, this positive change for our future food supply. It's, it's quite amazing. We're patenting our technology. And we're developing technology all the time uh, to see how we can uh, make a significant impact. And out of that comes different kinds of jobs and different kinds of career opportunities for people. So the impact on, uh, on land density, uh, population, and because I often wonder, how do we feed ourselves? Now we've got to, you know, we're almost seemingly rubbing the land of, of the, for the mass for the masses, if you like, we've got to produce this and this and this, and it's for the masses. We've got to feed oh, we've got to feed seven billion people across the across the world, and of course we're we're taking the nutrients out of the soil, and it, and I just wonder sometimes how how we cope before, and with your new technology that that overcomes a lot of the problems. But do you think largely the the, the problem is is because of the population because we we're outgrowing the world, if you like. Well, certainly, um, certainly, if you uh, watch um, David Attenborough and you learn about the world and you learn mm. about what we've done mm. in the world, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then there does seem evidence that uh, certain parts of the world are, are are overpopulated. Clean, controlled environment, agriculture, and uh, grow pure type technology. You can um, provide food for people in a small area. 
But the issue you then have to address is the is the supply of water, you know, where people want to live in the world. If we're going to increase the temperature by um, a percentage, one and a half degrees or whatever the current uh, concern is, mm. then it just doesn't, you know, that's an average. And of course, we've seen in the UK uh, temperatures well above 30 degrees C. Yeah, it's, it's, we, we can provide part of the solution, but the, the major part of the solution comes from using less resources. And of mm. course, the more people you have, the more resources you use, uh, inevitably. How, you mentioned about water supply. With your system, how clean does that water have to be? Does it have to be really sparkling clean? Or, or yeah, can you... Exactly. Yeah, okay. So we, we filter and, and treat the water. The wastage of water is, is insignificant compared to wow. outdoor agriculture, where wow. most of the water drains away into the water courses, picks up. Uh, nutrients with it, and you get nitrates in the water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, you can't clean the rivers in that kind of way. So, uh, it, yeah, you can't use dirty water. Dirty water will, will obviously, just like humans, the the plant, yeah, uh, negatives from the, the dirt in the water so it has to be absolutely. Clean. And I guess in terms of the harvesting and labour, because you know seasonal labour is. It's a huge problem for a lot of countries um, that it is just a matter of, of, of pick, picking and replanting. Is that right, Nick? You don't have to till the soil. And in fact, you can get more crops per annum, significantly more crops per annum. Yes. Depending upon the, on the plant you're growing. And your, your, the labour you require is used all year round because you, you can produce consistently all year round. Yes. So it takes away that problem. People still are finding agriculture difficult because mm. they can't make any money. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a pressure on costs. And it really is, uh, you have to love it to want to. <laughs> yes, it's Absolutely. got to be a passion. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can be part of the success story of um, making the environment, uh, the, the, the world a better place to live. Fantastic. And we can feed the nation. Feed the nation, make the world a better place to live. Nick, you have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much today. for joining us today. Thank you. We will put all the details about Gropura at the bottom of the episode guide this week. And if you want to find out more about FPC Future and FPC Careers, we'll tell you about that in a few moments. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick. Pleasure. FPC Future and FPC Careers take place jointly on Thursday the 16th of March 2022 at the East of England Arena and Events Centre, Peterborough. To register for your free place, go to fpcfuture.co.uk. Music